0: This is the X and Y podcast. Hello, this is episode 14, season one of the X and Y podcast. And uh, this is Justin in Japan. Um, we are going to continue uh, our conversation about depression and uh, we will focus as i said before on this is this is a channel aimed at blokes therefore uh, the conversation is really all about uh, how depression affects blokes and um we'll talk from our own experiences when we're, we're not we're definitely not here to give you any medical advice we're just here to talk about our experiences share our experiences and um and having said that, I mean, we when we have these conversations, we do we do at the same time learn from each other, and um, it's interesting to talk to each other about these things. And I think one of the biggest um, pro- one of the biggest hindrances to uh, to blokes is that they tend to uh, they tend to be reticent about such issues, and uh, blokes are generally unwilling to talk about uh, health problems. Um, and you know personal issues so um, I think uh, as I said there's definitely we're we're definitely not in any way professionally trained or licensed in any kind of uh, field of of medicine or psychology or whatever Um, we're just here to to discuss our experiences and hopefully um, anybody listening can get uh, you know just get some ideas about uh and relate relate it to their own life you know um well anyway we'll uh, continue where we left off and uh joseph is patiently waiting so uh, how are you joe
1: good morning i'm fine um yeah uh so we're gonna continue where we left uh last week that's right, that right? yeah that's right please yeah. do
0: um as we said, this is episode uh, fourteen, but in a sense, it's kind of the part two of uh, episode thirteen.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I just want to um, well, I will pick up where we left th- last week, uh, which was basically about adrenaline in the system. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it's it's basically it is for men in in the main because I think well we know we're, we're not as social as women, so we don't sit and gaggle and talk and. As much as men, and uh, I think this is how how pubs came about in the first place, where men could actually sort of just go somewhere and you know drink a bit of alcohol on, and blow off steam. Uh, where I think now it's be, it's become too much alcohol, and um, it's it's covering the, the symptoms, and these these things will, will like eventually build up to to a crescendo. But what we picked up on last week was about adrenaline the system. So when you're when you are depressed, your adrenal glands are pumping out adrenaline. It's going around your body. Now, the idea of adrenaline is to give you, um, well, it's a, it's a stress hormone. So when when the adrenaline's pumped out, um, it's a bit like if you had a, a, a say a carbureted car and and it, it's just overproducing petrol. Uh, well, it, it, in a car, it would flood. But if you put a flame to it, it would just ignite. And uh, it's the same with adrenaline. It needs it needs a release. It, it's a stress hormone. So if you're not if you're not um fighting or fleeing, it's just rattling around in the system. This is what happened to me. I was in a I was in a quite a bad marriage to a narcissist, and we talk about narcissists in another program because we've both been involved with them. Um so I was in a in a narcissistic relationship and so the adrenaline is just it's just going around my body for five years. It's you know, like well, not all five years, I mean the first couple of years is okay. So it's just it's going around the body and there's no release, there's no, you know, there's no nowhere for it to go and it, it just rattles around your body and in the end i started to get panic attacks because this adrenaline wasn't being released and it so i'm i'm sort of um <clears throat> i'm just getting so stressed up and and i could feel um i can't explain it but like a pulsating warmth from my toes to my head and back again and and this was basically just um adrenaline and, and this is what i was talking about long-term stress if you've got long-term stress like a bad relationship Financial problems, bad mar- uh, bad uh, boss, you know, or a job, or or if you've got all three, um, then that that's where you're going to come to a um, not a very pretty ending, really, or or you're going to substance abuse, and um, so adrenaline. And there's also another uh, hormone, uh, stress hormone. It's cortisone as well, which also it ages you. It ages you. Uh, it physically ages you, and um, it will. It will. Um, it will age your internal organs as well so although um, depression is not a killer as such it's not going to kill you overnight in the long term you can die from stress because it just all, all these these um these um hormones in your body are not good for your body because they, your body's not not getting rid of them it's not, it's not it's not using them it's not burning them and they're just rattling around inside your body where they, where they shouldn't be there not not in the quantities that you're producing them
0: yeah, it's it's I think there are some visible signs of that as well because we all know um we all know when we get stressed that um, we do see some physical um manifestations of that stress and one of those is for example hair loss that could be one. Um another one is um I, I mean I definitely feel that um I I aged more when I was uh, going through the, uh, m- even before the divorce process started and the custody battle started. Even before that, when the relationship was, uh well, both my marriages were had had obviously hit the, hit really bad times, and um, on the, the the downward slope of those uh, marriages. Um, I hit a lot of uh, rocks along the way, and um, I I visibly started to look older. And and one of the things, of course, is when you don't sleep well, that's another, um, that's something, lack of sleep is something that makes you, gives you premature aging. And lack of sleep also is a terrible, um, has a terrible impact on all, on all aspects of your life. and it...
1: Well, it, it's, it's cyclical because because if you produce adrenaline, then you, there's a good chance you're, and you're not burning off, you aren't, you aren't going to sleep. So if you don't sleep, you wake up tired, you get stressed. If you get stressed, you produce more adrenaline. And it just goes on. And that's where the cortisol comes in as well, like if you don't sleep. that um, Cortisol also makes you retain weight. It's very hard to lose weight if you've got a lot of cortisol. Because, you know, if, you, if you've ever seen anyone who's got an injury or a wound or, or a dog or a cat they give them cortisol injections, it's a steroid basically, that's what it, does. That's what it is it, it, it's, that's what it's for so, um, so yeah so, so it, it, it just becomes a cyclical um, sort of process that you can't, you can get out of it but sometimes you're in it so deep you don't actually realise it. I think that's another case, it's, it's recognising the
0: situation you're in because there are times, I mean if, I can think of when I was in right in in the midst of it. I I wasn't always aware because I was so focused on what was happening on on the actual issue at hand. I didn't really give a second thought to other aspects of my life, such as my just my physical well-being. And um, I I remember, for example, uh, the the, the, when the second uh, during the second marriage, and when, when that broke up. And um, I think I mentioned that in a previous podcast mm. and, um, you know, came home and she'd gone and my son, she'd taken my son and all that. And um, that in that case, um, I actually lost a lot of weight because I couldn't eat. I, I physically mm. physically was unable yeah. to eat anything. Um, mm. And I developed some terribly, terrible black bags under my eyes because I couldn't sleep. And mm. um, and lack of sleep causes really bad uh, mental impairment because you end up yeah. being unable to you can't sleep but at the same t- and what happens is you can't think clearly either and well you, uh, you're,
1: con- you're constantly tired you, you've got this drooping shoulders. Sure. You, know, you, you just don't you, you you're you're running on on nothing if you're not eating and you're not sleeping uh these are the two very important parts of life um you, you can do no sleep for a little while it's it's not a big deal but uh, and, and I'm an expert because I've worked nights for so many years. Like I, I never suffer from jet lag because I'm always crossing the, the midnight barrier. But yeah, you, you're, 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 like I said, you, you, it, food, food and rest are two of the most important things. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that when you, if you do any sort of muscle training, if you ever do like weights and workout, the, you don't actually build the muscle when you're doing the exercise. It's when you sleep that the muscle's repairing itself. Yeah, I'm aware. That's why. That's why it's so important to get the rest, so your body can repair itself and reset. It's a bit like a reset button on a computer, you know, like reset all the, you know, all the, the, all the nerves in your body, and you know, and your, your, all your hormone levels will come down. I mean, when if you take, if you ever take, I take my blood pressure quite regular because I'm an old fart. But but if if you take uh, blood pressure readings, I always suggest you do it the first thing in the morning when you wake up over a period of three or four days, so you get, like, a, an average reading, as opposed to after you've had two or three coffees, you know, caffeine, you're rushing for work, blah this and blah that, which is why the, when you go to the doctor, they have to allow, unless it's, like, gone through the roof, they have to allow a bit of leniency in the reading. Yeah, it's... Uh... And that's why like rest is so important. And, and, you know, and believe me, we, we, we both don't, we both, we both didn't press. I, I, I got... Um, I have a... Uh, how can I say... I have an addictive personality to certain things, but when I'm like in nor- when I'm normal, I, I'm very good at resisting. But when I'm in that situation, when I'm stressed out, I'm not. And at that time, a friend of mine, he, he was moving home, he was moving to another country, and he gave me an Xbox and a and a PlayStation, and I love video games, and and I would do twenty four hours on them because I was just like so manic, you know, because it was taking my mind. Off of what was going on around me. Well, you've you've hit on something there, which is
0: uh, which is a very good aspect to this topic, and that is the mm. one of escapism. And um, mm. I think what computer games have done, and especially now as they're so uh, readily available, and and I say that in the sense that because I I was never really well, I was as a child I played uh, very basic computer games and the old. Commodore 64, yeah, Commodore 64 yeah, yeah. plugged into the TV set, but that was quite limited because it took because we only in those days we only had one TV set and yeah. um, we it was limited to to the time that when when my father said, Right, you know, get off the TV, we're going to put the TV on now, you can't play games anymore, so yeah. we didn't overdo it on games uh, in those days. Uh, however, mm. um, I say that, but actually, I did have friends who were from in rich families who had more than one TV, so they but anyway, mm. the um. So then, then after I left home, um, I didn't play computer games. Didn't have. I didn't bother with any of that. And then um, I do remember when I was at uh, university, um, I went through a bout of um, stress and depression, and um, it was. I think it was triggered by um, issues with my mother, and um, I, um, I was basically told. I, basically I was renting, um, a flat from, um, I'd gone to live in Spain and then, um, I realized that my, my mother and her husband didn't really want me there anymore. So, um, uh, I went back to live in, in London and, uh, I rented a flat and then one day my mother phoned me and she said, and the flat I was renting from my aunt, that's her sister, uh, down in Forest Hill. And, um, she uh she said my my mother phoned me and she said oh you've um she said has has she been in touch with has her my aunt her sister been in touch with me and i said no what's going on she said next weekend it, it was the weekend she said next weekend as in one week from the time of the phone call she's she's moving back into her flat and this is where i was living and renting and i knew yeah. nothing of it so i suddenly had to move out she said go around to our place she had a they had a, a flat in um although they had a house they were living in spain mm. um, they they had a flat. well this is her her basically my mother had remarried and she'd married a, mm. a guy who was well off <clears throat> not not mm. super rich but yeah he had, he had mm. this house yeah he bought a house in spain it was dirt cheap.
1: comfortable it was a dirt cheap
0: house out in the countryside yeah. you know in those days yeah. you could pick them up for almost nothing and um mm. and she they had a flat in um uh, hither green or lee or wherever it was not that far from forest hill And um, she said uh, um, it was like about probably about 15 minutes around the South Circular Mm. when the traffic was quiet, you know. um, Mm. And she said, uh, it's all right. She said, just go around and stay at our place um, because they weren't using it, you see. They were Mm. living in Spain. And um, they – so I did that. and That was a big fucking upheaval suddenly. And Mm. um, then – so then I was staying there and I was sleeping. Um, then I think I was sleeping on the sofa bed. They had two bedrooms and they had a sofa bed they mm. weren't using the place. And after a few weeks, um, they my mother said to me, "Oh, they, they came back from Spain to stay in their flat in London and, and they, they basically didn't want me there either. So then they, t- yeah, they so, told me so, I had to leave. So then I had yeah, to... Yeah, so,
1: so like that's, that's really unsettling because you haven't got you know there's a stress chart there's i think it's bereavement divorce and moving like the top three or something like that and then it's like financial there's a stress chart the top 20 and if you can tickle like the top five or something you're, you're automatically in depression or whatever well but, it has but, a that, terrible effect yeah yeah it does i mean because i i had I, always my home um the, the the strange thing was i had my home well like i was going through this divorce but i thought i was going to lose it and I became very house proud because I didn't want to lose it. I was buying flowers to put on. It was really strange. It's like I was, because I wanted to keep the house. And, I, I ne- you know, you never know what the outcome was. So, I mean, I, I fought hard for three years and I kept it well, for three and a half years or whatever it was. And I kept it. But I started to do all nice things in the house, knowing full well that I may lose it because I didn't want to lose it. So I was sort of being nice to it. if, if you know I what know what I mean. you mean, yeah, yeah. You know, so sort trying to, of trying to treasure, treasure it. Um And um and that that's really important because if th- these these are like shelters, is, is a very that's why homeless people get depressed very quick because it's a very important thing. It doesn't matter if it's a well, tent, it, as long as you go.
0: It's true, you go and, to and the you do place. feel. Although technically I wasn't homeless, I was. Um, mm. You know, well, technically I was homeless because I didn't have my own home. Um, but up. I wasn't yeah, on the street, so I'm not going to. Mm. I'm not going to claim victims status. I'm not going to say mm. I, I was living on the streets because I wasn't. Uh, however, mm. I wasn't even allowed to stay on the, um, the, the the sleep on the sofa bed at my um, my mother's home, which is technically was her husband's. Uh, you know, yeah. she remarried really yeah. as I said she, mm. and so. I don't, I don't know how much of it... It's difficult to know how much of it is, uh, was her, her husband, or both of them not wanting mm. to be around. Well, but, but they'd already you know, told me to leave their house in Spain. Then I was yeah. told... You know, then I had to leave this house at short notice. This flat I was renting, mm. which I'd set up home, I really <laughs> liked. And then I was suddenly mm. told I had to leave the uh, flat I was... Um, uh, the flat was, and I didn't the problem is I didn't have a job because I'd applied to enter university and um yeah I think I was working like temping I was just doing like part time things and um mm. and then um then what happened? Oh yeah and then so basically they told me to leave and I couldn't afford, you know, London, London prices even, yeah, even yeah, in those yeah. days. I just couldn't afford to rent anywhere and I mm-hmm. didn't have the income. And luckily um uh, I was in the uh the reservist at that time and I'll tell you what, uh, we'll talk about the, being in the TA and the reservists another time. It was mm-hmm. a real, uh, you know, you've got a lot of really good blokes in there who really help each yeah. other out. And people will really come
1: to your rescue if if you need it. And um, I'm not. And I, I, just want to, I just want to interrupt you there, because just in case like people are not from the same culture as the UK, I mean, military reservists and TA is Territorial Army. If we ever use the abbreviation TA, it means Territorial Army, which is. A reservist a reserve military that's unit. right yeah that's yeah. right
0: so um it's it's um uh, yeah not every guy i'm not suggesting that every guy in there is a saint and a, a safe mm. a savior but there's a lot there are a lot of good blokes in there and um they uh so what happened was i um i just put the word out you know i was in real a real desperate situation and one of the blokes in there had just bought he's got his first foot on the property ladder he just bought his first flat and um over in crystal palace way that way and um he had a two-bedroom flat um in this very very nice uh, tradition like art deco almost it was like a 1930s building really nice place and um he um, he turned his life around, and and he was uh, he was about ten years older than me, and he turned his life mm. around, and he'd had he'd had a lot. He's got a lot of shitty stories to tell as well, and he'd finally mm. finally got his foot on the property ladder, and um, somebody mentioned it to me, uh, a, a friend of a, uh, and he's put me onto him, and um, I knew him through a, another army mate, and uh, he said um, I got chatting to him, and to, to cut a long story short, uh, basically he said. I could um, rent the spare room from him. Uh, I still mm. had to pay him, but he wasn't doing me that many favours. But I mean, to be fair, um, I didn't have many options and it, it was affordable. Yeah. I could have thought I, could, yeah, I yeah. could find the money.
1: I, I had the same, the reason I live where I live is because I had a friend in the, in the same borough and I went through a divorce and uh, I mean, I, I would have found, I had a job, I would have found somebody, but it's always nice to, to live with somebody that you know, it was him and his girlfriend at the time. And it's always nice, to, you know, when you're familiar with people as as opposed to moving in with strangers. And, um, and I, and I moved with, with him and it was the same sort of thing, really. I, you know, he said, well, he says, if, you know, if you're short of a place to stay, they needed money. They, they were new on the housing market. And, um, so it, it, it sort of worked in, in favour. And that's one of the reasons I, I still live in, in the borough, um, because I ended up buying, buying in the borough. But, um. But well, it, yeah, when
0: no, I lived I, there, though, I've just mm. I just finished the story. When I lived there, yes. he didn't have any furniture really. As such, he had mm. a little bit, but um, it, there mm. was no spare bed, so I didn't have a bed to sleep on. It's, oh, just, okay, right. it's not uh, it's not a big issue because when, you, especially when you were in the army, I mean, you'd, you, know, mm. and I, I, you know, I you know, I I was in the scouts. We used to go camping, and yeah, you know, yeah. I could rough it, you know. Um, mm. But um, but so there was no bed. So what I did was I went when apart uh, i had a, an old car at the time and um i um there was part, when when I, I noticed when i was uh, in the car park there was um, of the flats i noticed there was a skip so somebody was like rented a skip and um they it was like full of junk um, i suppose they were gu- mm. gutting one of the flats or something yeah and uh, a skip by the way if you're not familiar i think americans call it dumpster um, dumpster yeah and um i uh, I noticed that, that they, it was quite new the the, the the junk that had been dumped in there was t- like maybe even that day it wasn't very old, um, because you mm. have to do it. you know what it's like in England if you yeah, if yeah. You leave it unattended. every every bugger will fill it with their own junk, so you have to like yeah, fill, yeah, fill it quickly yeah. and get it taken away quickly. And um, what I noticed was there was somebody had thrown a single mattress away, and they'd thrown it mm. in the skip. So I pulled this mm. mattress out. That's how desperate I was. <laughs> I, pulled, yeah. I pulled this. I pulled a mattress out of a skip, and mm. that was my bed because I, it was just. Yeah. It was a little bit more comfortable than sleeping on the floor, you know. On the floor, yeah. Um, yeah. That's our top. That's our, But that's what blokes do. Blokes can adapt. Mm. Blokes can survive. They can. And mm. you, you. But having said that, I was pretty depressed, and uh, it mm. really had a. It, I think that all, all those things started to like,
1: really. Um,
0: wear away at me and um, well
1: they do i think i think when you're young you've got you've got the um you've got the vibrance of youth and you've got uh the drive and everything but as as you go on in life you, well every, i was still you know, young every...
0: i was still young but yeah. i think the, the 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 it was just a culmination i mean these things were yeah. building up and the culmination yeah. of all those like having to move three times in short succession
1: yeah yeah um, it's
0: unset- it's very unsettling And and being you know and and not not and also I know it sounds I don't want to start getting the little violins out but I mean it's just the Mm. fact that you feel you know you feel like you're rejected by your own family um, when you didn't feel that you actually did anything it was just they they just you know and then you uh, it's not I think it was there's the rejection but it's not only the rejection I think it's the fact that they they were not willing to. Give a give
1: a damn about your own mm. your own um, life and your own circumstances, yeah. and they would well, totally I, I callous, and Different, yeah. You know? I and, can understand it because I, I was seventeen when I left home, and it was the same. Uh, you know, it was, uh, unsettled background and and all that, and parents were going to split up, and they were, he was my stepfather anyway. So I do understand where, where you're coming it, and it's very very important. I think I said to you one, on a pre not a podcast but a conversation. You, know, you get some people and. You know, they might be 35 or something and, and they split up with their wife or their girlfriend and they go back and live with their parents. And I think, God, that's such a nice thing like, to happen, you know, like to, yeah, yeah. to know that there's always there's always a room there for you yeah. or a bedroom there for you. And, it, and it, it's, it's such a nice thing to. to but, but having said that, it could also with some people they might always fall back on it and never move on in life. I was going to say, I think, you know, it's the old
0: adage that uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, you know, and mm. it's, you could apply the principle here. I mean, yeah. it's like I didn't have anywhere, I couldn't I, I couldn't rely on my father anymore because he'd had trouble and he'd um, mm. he'd sold the, when we'd all moved out. Well, actually, my sister had, had moved out. I, I moved mm. out first. My brother was still living there. Um, he was he he had to move out because my mm. father needed to sell the family home and yeah, um, yeah. my brother I, I think my brother took that quite badly and um, mm. he he had to move out and he- but he he had a job and he was paying his rent in- and yeah. he was surviving and he he didn't mm. live that far away from my father mm. and mm. um but my father moved into he had a business and um mm. he had this uh, little um, business and he he like read this uh, sh- a commercial unit that he worked in and the um he uh there was a little tiny flat above it and he and his wife lived moved into the little flat above it which was not yeah which was never mm. gonna it looked like nobody really was ever going to live there and the push, mm. push came to shove, and they had to do it so all i'm saying yeah. is there was nowhere to go you know it's not like mm. had options and um yeah yeah it was on the street or um mm. dosing on a mate's floor so uh, yeah the what what anyway what triggered all that was um so it sort of started to take its toll on me, all that. And what happened was I started, so my, the, the guy who I was, whose floor I was sleeping on, he'd recently, um, re he'd retrained and he'd got a job as, um, for PC world as one of their service engineers. And, yeah. um, he had a little company vehicle and he used to just go around to people's houses and fix their computers or, or swap them over and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, So he had his computer set set up, and in those days, not everybody had a home computer. To be honest, not everybody. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. But he had a
0: computer set up, and I, um, I started. For some, I, I had. I don't know whether how or or I came by it, but I had this game. I started playing this game on his computer called Doom. I don't know if you know that game. Yeah, Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was it was all the rage at the time, and um, basically, I just sort of lost myself in that computer game to escape all my problems you know
1: yeah and the the reason
0: Mm -hmm. i mentioned is because you you mentioned about the computer thing so that got me back into gaming when i'd been out of it since the commodore 64 you know and um, yeah yeah i started playing this game like too much and it got so bad that i actually start when i went to sleep finally i started dreaming uh, my dream, in my dreams, I was in the game. I was actually the, the character yeah, yeah, in the game. Yeah. And um, mm. I'd sometimes wake up, like, because come, like one of the, the mutant monsters were, like, going to kill me or something, you know, yeah, yeah kind yeah. of situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I realised then, I realised that the, the, it, the you know, the power of escapism, the power, I mean, the,
1: yeah.
0: what depression can do to you. Yeah, is...
1: I mean, you know, some people it's drink, some people it's drugs, um... I mean, the the best escape is if you're going for a split up is is another woman. To be honest, as long as you don't get involved, if you don't get involved with them, you know, it's just a something to do for a little while, you know. Well,
0: that's called the rebound, isn't it? That's the rebound yeah. relationships. And well, rebound
1: um, rebound is if you get involved with them, but you know, like just somebody for fun or friends with benefits is not so much a, well, a rebound. I've, but, I've,
0: yeah, but I found that they they might
1: see it as something
0: more serious, but I found I have been involved with women for a short time as mm. as a rebound mechanism um, mm. but not even being aware of it until I got it out of my system yeah and when I got it out of my yeah, system yeah. then I realized actually I don't fancy her I don't want to continue the relationship then I realized it wasn't even a deliberate attempt at, at, re- at self-healing or recovery mm. at her expense it was never an mm. intentional thing it was just that uh, and men and women do this. it Goes both ways, and uh, it was yeah, just—it yeah. uh, mm. was just a case of
1: um, getting involved. It's a, hormo- it's a hormonal rush. It's a, you know, like you, you know, you're you're hurting inside, and somebody fills the gap. You know, that's that's what it is. It's like you're hurting. Someone gives you a bit of attention. You're sleeping on people's floors. You're you're, you're lost in the world, and somebody comes along and they touch your skin, and and you get that bit of warmth and. And the next thing you know, you think you're in love. And, and then I've done, I've done it myself, and that's why I haven't been involved with a woman, because I thought, like, for a few years now, because I thought, I don't want to be in that situation. Number one, I don't like hurting people, for a start. And um, and number two, I, I don't want to be in that awkward situation where, after three months, I think, you know, and and they have, bit, some of them have been really nice to me. Um, you know, They've been really nice to me, and now I feel really awkward, because I don't want to be with you. It's not because I want to be somebody else, it's just that there's other things I want to do like ride a motorbike around the world or, you know, or something like that. And, and I, I, I'm just going to feel trapped in a relationship.
0: Yeah. I think you're right there. And I think, um, it, it, it is certainly if you get involved with a woman who is genuinely nice, I mean, it, um, they, they are out there. I mean, for all our MGTOW talk, um, and all the mm. cynicism about relationships, um, there are definitely nice women out there. Um, don't mm. I, I? I don't for one. I, I will never say that every woman is um, is evil and shouldn't be. Uh, mm. shouldn't We shouldn't get into relationships. I mean, there are mm. other reasons for not getting into relationships, and that is the fact that every woman benefits from uh, gynocentric and feminist. Policies that are now in, yeah. enshrined in law. Every woman's got well, the, got the option like, to do like, it. If, you,
1: if you go into a relationship, you're like a soldier taking on a, a, a company of men. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's that's what you're doing. And once, and the thing is, once you're in the relationship, if you do build up equity in a property, for instance, or go in with equity, then you, you're trapped because you're fucked either way. Yeah. So, irrespective irrespective of whether she's a good person or a bad person or, that's right. or how you yeah. behave, you're, you're fucked either way. So so that's why if you've got assets, hide them. Um, and the, the chances are if you do hide your assets, you're not going to find the right woman because of uh, hypergamy because they don't want anybody with nothing. So it's, it's a real sort of, it's, it's a real balance. It's true. And I thing. think
0: the in my experience, the, 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 the women of real integrity are the ones that, like you say, they don't... Uh, they, I, I have met women who genuinely have not have not um, got into a relationship with me based on hypergamy or based certainly not on financial hypergamy, and mm. um, I mean there is a DNA hypergamy aspect to it, which is another mm. story. But um, yeah, the uh, I've certainly be- um, been in relationships with women who I absolutely. Hundred percent sure. I know for a fact they were not uh, after my assets because I didn't have any assets uh, for them. There was nothing, you know. So, uh, having said that, um, I'm not suggesting that. As I said to you, I mean, if you do piss off a woman, um, it's enough. Um, I still believe every. I'm fairly sure most women will. Uh, you know, hell has no fury like a woman scorned is, is an absolutely true expression.
1: That, I, I think you if, if you've hurt them, then maybe. Yeah. But I also know for a fact that if a woman goes to a lawyer, now, when, when you walk through that door, lawyer's not going to tell you the truth because he wants his 25 grand minimum. That's what they're going to get out of the divorce case. So he's going to say, You've got a good case here. You know, and they'll 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 pump you up, they'll yeah. pump you up to think you've got they've got a good case and they can get, you know, X amount from you. And um when you've lost your twenty five grand, it, pfft, so so what? That's sure. the law, that's the way it is, you know. So so I believe they, they've got they've got a part to play, you know. I mean I have met a lot a lot of decent women, but as you said, you know, it's the lawyers that, that that say, right, first of all we're gonna put a charge on the property and and you know, we go from there and blah this and you can get this much or you're entitled to this much and and Everything else, and it might be a complete lie. Um, I mean, but there's a possibility, but the law is the law, and and uh, I've been fairly lucky, you know, I got away with 40,000 in, in one divorce and nothing in the other. Uh, but that was because the, the next time I represented myself. But I want to get back to um, like the, the depression side of things and how um, how it affects every other part of your life work, social, posture, um, energy levels and all, all things like that.
0: Yeah, it, that's right. And we were talking about lack of sleep. Well, I mean, even if you just talk about the physical side, I definitely <laughs> developed a lot of white hair. I mean, it didn't go... Yeah. It, it did, I mean, I'm, I, I'm naturally blonde. And uh, mm. what happened, it did not... My hair did not, like, go to go grey. It mm. went like... Um, it, it started to go a bit darker with age. I mean, when I was a child, I was blonde. And as I got older, it sort of went mm. a, a light brown colour but what mm. happened was when i when i hit all the tr- all the problems and and all the stress and and depression it was the stress especially the i um, mm. i suddenly started growing white hair and yeah. um, and it 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 was really noticeable I suddenly got white mm-hmm. hair and it as i say wasn't a state i didn't go through a gray stage of natural sort of aging
1: yeah yeah it, yeah
0: and it it definitely when it first happened it was like i was in my 30s and mm. um I was in my early 30s when I first started um, seeing such things. And uh, I've seen it in other guys. I've seen it in guys younger than me where yeah, yeah. they suddenly yeah, get white yeah. hair and it's stress. Yeah. You know, it's mm. definitely – that's a major cause, of uh, a major uh, symptom of stress, white hair. Mm. The other thing uh, is um, that I was doing was um, I was grinding down my back teeth during my sleep. So right. um, I was like – you know, I was just so – so stressed that when i was when i did finally fall asleep i was gritting my teeth and Mm. um i didn't go to the because what another thing we tend to do is we we don't we do neglect our health and when you yeah when you do finally do something for example you finally think right it's time to go to the dentist now after like several years or something you know and um i went went for a dental appointment and um, the dentist, this was a different dentist, not the old one. I hadn't been to mm-hmm. a dentist for ages or went signed on with a new one. And the dentist remarked and said, you, You've ground your, your back teeth have worn down. You've been grinding yeah. your back teeth down. And um, I thought, Well, that would, that would make sense because uh, thinking about it. And the other thing is, um, the other thing is, when you do sleep with somebody, so when you, if you get into a new relationship, and this may not even be a relationship. You might just share a room, like for example, like um, you might have a mate come over, and you might yeah. you might just sleep in the same room or something
1: yeah. Um, mm.
0: And um, you people then sometimes notice things that yeah happen during your sleep because you're asleep and you don't know it's happening. Mm. So the other thing I get is I get really bad. I think they call it sleep apnea. I think it's called. Right, and that's the one where I stopped breathing. Um, okay. Yeah. Um. And um, apparently, I stopped breathing for for to the point for several minutes, and it really scares, yeah, yeah. scares the shit out of the people who are witnessing yeah. it. You know. Um. And that could also I, I read about that, and that apparently um there's no cure for that, by the way. Sleep apnea. Mm. Um there yeah. are some treatments, but there's no actual cure for it. And yeah. Um. That because uh, I, I, I couldn't understand why it was that I was waking up in the morning of no matter what time I went to bed, whether I had went to bed early or whatever, whether I, I thought I went to bed with enough sleep. Mm. I couldn't understand why I was waking up in the morning, absolutely exhausted, like I hadn't slept
1: Um, yeah yeah um, yeah yeah i still that's that's part of also the um the adrenaline all going around your body because your body's not because the adrenaline keeps feeding muscles and things like that so your body's not actually fully resting like it should do. you're not getting our rem what they call rem sleep
0: yeah i know about it yeah that's what it is well the the something you mentioned to me because uh, we, we should say i don't there are well there are of course pharmaceutical treatments um I did go to see um, a doctor years ago saying I couldn't sleep properly. I was so stressed and and stuff. Mm. He prescribed me – we were talking about antidepressants. It wasn't an antidepressant. Um, I didn't – he wanted to prescribe me antidepressants, but he prescribed me – this sedative. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's some kind of sedative. Yeah. But basically, he said take it like like
1: the Valium or that something kind like that kind of thing. Very, he yeah, said to yeah. me
0: take it about I think it was like half an hour before you go to mm. bed. And mm. um he gave he said he gave me a small dose of very, the very smallest dose they do. It was a mm. tiny little tablet. It was like the, the size of a pinhead. It was amazingly small. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And um but very powerful. And um he um I took these I said, all right, I'll try them. And um, so I took them. And they definitely helped. I mean, I definitely had a good night's sleep. Um, yeah. And it was such well, a relief. I, I, to that. be
1: honest, I, I had a bigger, although I was on antidepressants at one stage, um, as I've mentioned before, and this can cause depression as well, I suffered from tinnitus. And, and it was a big, big problem for 10 years. And I'm still on forums for tinnitus to try and help people um when they first get it and the problem with tinnitus it keeps you awake because you've got this ringing in your ears this buzzing in your ears and um it sounds like what what those insects are they called cicadas yeah yeah yeah. well it's like i've got it's like i've got those in one of those in my ear and um and that's why when i go to a country that does have cicadas it's a great relief because it masks the sound for me and um so so like because i have tinnitus as well now, the doctors in the UK won't give you the tablets, sleeping tablets, in case you get addicted to it, Which, which, you know, I, I sort of do understand, but at the same time, you're quite desperate as well. And um, or I'd go and buy some, there's a, a medicine called Night Nurse, which knocks you out. It's got something in it that knocks you out. But I, I used to get my uh, sleeping tablets from an illicit source. Um, and, and that was purely to get that sort of eight hours, ten hours of really, really good, deep sleep instead of turning and fitting and waking up that noisy way, because sometimes when i had a panic attack the the worst type of panic attack you can get is one in your sleep because if i i don't get them now i haven't had one for years but if 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 you're having one when you're conscious you can start taking um steps to lessen the impact or avoid it altogether you see there's certain things you can do um but if when you're in your sleep you wake up about a third of the way into the panic attack or 20% into the panic attack and it's too late to do anything about it. So you wake up with the start and you automatically just go into into this panic mode with adrenaline and the shakes and and everything else sort of thing. And that's why I needed the the sleeping tablets to knock me out, to to knock me out. So I got that good rest. And I I would say more than the antidepressants that the sleeping tablets were the best thing for me to get that rest. If you ever, I've dealt with somebody who, uh, two people actually, um, one became, um, schizophrenic. Uh, the, these are relations and, and, uh, another, another, uh, sibling of mine who had, um, she was depressed, but it was like a paranoia as well. Not quite schizophrenic, but in between the two. And, um, and if you, if, if anyone's like, uh, got battle stress or anything like that, you know, in the army, the first thing they do is, is sed- sedate you for like two days or, and my sister, they knocked out for, i think i was i was getting a bit worried because i thought she was never going to wake up but i think they knocked her out for about um 36 hours she was in bed i was in her flat and i was staying with her um for like 36 hours and that's for the body to reset yeah to completely reset because you've you've got you know it's more than the the it, the cross is too big to bear effectively yeah well i think what you
0: were saying like i said these these pills that i was prescribed were not antidepressants because i resisted Mm. that i didn't want to i just was against them Uh, Mm. i shouldn't say i'm against them per se i'm just saying i personally didn't want to
1: i wanted to explore alternatives and they're 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 a bit worrying i mean i was worried i mean mean, okay i'm okay because i've been on there but but they are a bit worrying when they first mentioned to i think oh it's going to alter my brain and you know i'm not going to be the same person and and blah, this, Well, I was going. So
0: I was basically going to. I saw them as a last resort, and uh, yeah. So, so that then, as I said, the doctor prescribed these these ones that knocked me out. And as you just said, uh, it was such a relief to get a good night's sleep and wake up feeling refreshed after a good night's sleep. So I have to say, I don't know. I wish I could remember the name of those tablets, but I'm talking like 14 years ago, so I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And um, they really, really helped. And um I I I bas basically I wouldn't say I totally recovered, but they helped me get through yeah one of the worst times in my life. Um mm. and um it was just I think like you said it's cyclic and it, it's also like a downward spiral as well because
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, mm. you
0: can't when you don't sleep you you mm. you you become unhealthier and I think also you're when you're lying awake you're thinking you're dwelling on things that of course it's understandable that you dwell on them but you're dwelling yeah, on them yeah. so much mm. that it also it, it's like a spiral it's like a vicious circle you can't sleep yeah. because you're dwelling on stuff and then you dwell on mm. stuff so you can't sleep you know so uh, um you know.
1: and in the case i mean that that was when your parents um like evicted you or, or you didn't have a place to stay you know what a lot of people don't realize is that there's different types of depression. Now, now there's that side of it. But when you split up with somebody, if you loved somebody and you split up with somebody, you've also got the, the pain to do it. That's two different things. Like, yeah. you've got depression, but you've got this intense pain in your heart. Um, and I'm not getting melodramatic here, but it is like a. Oh, oh it's It's like someone no. like yeah. put an ice, like an ice scoop inside you, like an ice cream scoop, and just scooped everything. And you just feel so empty inside so you've got that to deal with and you've also got the depression to deal with um and and it's trying to sort of of balance the two and if you are going for a divorce um i'm quite good at blanking things out but the divorce won't let you blank things out because you're going to keep getting letters with her name on it you're going to go to court and see her and and in my case she'd run off with a friend of mine so i didn't and i did warn the police i said do not let him be in the court i will be civil but do not rub my nose in it. And they, they everybody adhered to that, you know? Yeah. Um so so um so so because they don't want the trouble, and I didn't want the trouble. Um and I, and I said I will do I will comply with everything, but do not put him in front of me. That's all I'm asking. And, and everybody adhered That's to totally that. That's totally reasonable, so, yeah. So so um and so so I had that pain and that pain I, I can't explain it it's um yeah. It, it, it's uh, you know it, it's a real strange thing because whenever you see pictures of love, it's always like a picture of a heart and, and everything else, and and all your all your thinking process, all your thought processes, all come from the brain. Your heart is just a muscle. The chest is you know there's nothing there that that has any any thinking capabilities or or anything like that. But that's where the pain is, and it's a really strange thing.
0: Mm. Well, it's it's you're right, and you do feel you feel empty in the you feel like. You feel it in your core, your body core. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it's interesting job, because I don't know about you, but I, I feel, I don't feel the cold. But I used to even in the summer, I would feel cold all the time.
0: Yeah, I, um, I'm not one for feeling cold. I, I, mm. Certainly, when I was younger. I just want to clarify mm. that the, the, the when I took those um, pills to help me sleep was it was a different time to the previous thing I told you about. With yeah, you, yeah. You know, just, mm. but um, that I took those pills when. Um, when I was yeah going through the first divorce and actually for me, um, it wasn't the, I didn't have, uh, she hadn't cheated on me um, mm. and uh, what it was, I just had enough of her, her, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, the first wife, I just had enough of being the punch bag. And, that well that that was the that's know, the the
1: narcissism and thats the, that's the narcissist wasn't it that one no no, oh. the
0: second one's a narcissist the first oh, right. one okay. the first one <laughs> I was just her punch bag and yeah, um, yeah. emotional tampon you know yeah, yeah and um no the first one i don't um, i don't think she was a narcissist the first one I think mm-hmm. she just had uh she anyway we're going to digress here, but I think we'll talk mm-hmm. about that another time, but basically mm-hmm. um um she hadn't cheated on me, but I did even so um hmm. i did feel pretty bad but it was really because of the two kids it was our kids that's why I well, felt yeah you've got you've got it, children so it's, it's it a, was a bereavement it was, of a lot of yeah it was basically i felt so like um i can't really yeah it's difficult to put into words but i felt so i suppose there was guilt i did feel guilt but i, I felt guilt because and i felt really upset that my family was broken was we so desperate to have <clears throat> I was so keen mm. on the idea of having a happy family. And I tried to set the, up. The, said, the, the, the typical nuclear, nuclear family. Yeah, we, we, I know. Yeah. We had two kids. I had a, a mm. wife and a home, a nice home. And I built it with mm. love. I invested not just money, but time, money. Yeah, of course. And put mm. a lot of love into it. And um, and
1: also, you, you, would have, you would have done that. Because if you came from a broken your home yourself, then what you do is try and create the image of how you wanted your childhood to be. That's right, and you tried to repair. Well,
0: look, I mean, I did have a childhood up to the age of uh, about nine years old. That mm. so, my formative years were were family. I was I'm the oldest child of of three, but my formative yeah. years, uh, I did, you know, have a reasonably uh, a reasonably good traditional family upbringing not perfect mm. um you know i did have a, a violent father and all that but mm. um reason not 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 a not you know reasonably good um probably um a pretty average upbringing you know um mm. but the um, <clears throat> i think when it all went horribly wrong and what we do is i think we often want to I think we often everybody lives in the shadow of their parents I think men live in the mm. shadow of their fathers, women live in the shadow of their mothers i suppose mm. um and i think also we we learn if we're intelligent and if you know if we're we're clever people we mm. we learn we 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 continue the good points that we learn from our upbringing and we try mm. to rectify
1: the bad points so well i mean you 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 had a violent father I had a violent father. And I'm I'm quite I'm still um, I wouldn't say I'm authoritarian, but I am a I'm a hard ass. That you know, like I would raise my kids quite not tough. I mean, it wouldn't be like military, but there'd be uh, because I believe I believe I'm preparing for life. But I wouldn't be violent with them. I wouldn't hit them because I knew I know what it feels like as a child
0: yeah. to be
1: hit. I mean, I mean, I'm not talking about a little slappy. I'm talking about knuckles and being kicked while you're down on the floor and things like that. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah. you know, so so like so I would because I I know. I mean, if I see a parent hitting a child in the street i I feel like they're hitting me it's interesting yeah i do um i do i am very sensitive to that
0: kind of uh domestic violence um Mm. and uh it was we i should say i mean certainly i think for for our from our generation i think it was pretty normal for fathers or both parents even to hit their yeah yeah I well, just because their, their fathers did it
1: to them. That's
0: right. It was just a continuation. But the thing mm. is, like you just said, I didn't really, I, I, because it was particular, I found it so unpleasant and, and so traumatic that mm. I, I promised myself that, well, it's not that even I promised myself, I just knew that I was never going to mm. subject my own kids to that kind of
1: violence. Yeah. Um, mm. Or any kind of violence. Um, but With me, it's just the tone of my voice. Yeah, because I, you know, because I've, I've got nieces and I, you know, I had young nieces and nephews, and like I I'd, I'd take them off their parents' hands, and and I just go, you know, just my just my voice, and they would just know. But you was, and it wasn't, yeah. it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a shout, it wasn't a screaming, it was nothing like it was just the tone of voice, and um, and they say, well, you know, my mum lets me do that. I says, I'm not your mum, sure. you know, it's, because it's a double, it's a bigger responsibility for me, because I've got somebody else's kids. Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: Well, I mean, I wonder though. The um, so there we are. Like we were talking about the depression of mm. um, your relationship breaking up. For me, I think the the biggest aspect of my my depression and my the sadness was mm. the the impact on my kids was worrying me the most, and um, mm. I was so upset for my children, mm. and um, and that's what i think triggered the, the during that i mean but i think as you know some people some people are have a are more you know are more likely to get depression than others for some reason um but it's we were talking about the the triggers or the causes perhaps some mm. people are more likely to get depressed than others and certain things trigger that so mm. I mean, I we what we didn't talk about. I think we haven't mentioned is the very. Can you remember the first time you got depressed? I mean, uh, I I actually remember the very first time I got depressed was when my f- parents was were breaking up, and I was like, yeah. um, I was about eight or nine years old when they first mm-hmm. started to um, when they first separated. I think I was nine years old and uh, well they did they they separated it wasn't the first time it was the the separation that led to divorce
1: mm.
0: i remember being depressed um i remember being in my room lying in bed being having a feeling of blankness of numbness mm. and mm. i was nine years old and i <clears throat> i was having suicidal thoughts i actually at nine years old i was thinking of jump, mm. jumping out my bedroom window to kill myself because, yeah and at the time, I can't as I t- as I say this now. I don't remember, like uh, I don't remember what I was thinking, but I do mm. remember the feelings I had, and um, and I know from the uh, I know that at the time it was when my parents were were going, were the relationship was broken down, and they were mm. my father left us. Well, he I say he left us. He, he was, we still saw him at weekends and that, uh, but he he moved out. And, yeah, yeah. Um, my parents had terrible problems and my mother just became an, uh, an hysterical, um, bully, you know, um, mm, towards mm. she, to a certain extent, she was, um, I wouldn't say she was taking it out on us, but there were times when she did take it out on us, you know, mm. um, but she was um, obviously under a lot of uh, stress and, and the like, it's difficult. We, at that age, you don't really know what your parents are thinking and feeling, but you just, yeah. you're just aware that, um, is a major negative thing happening in, mm. your, in your family life and well I think when you know that our father moved out and uh, I think I, I don't really know I've never discussed it with my brother and sister but uh, I know I took it badly and mm. um, despite the fact that he was violent and hit me I still took mm. it badly because yeah. I think that your fathers are really the symbol of of protection and provision, yeah. you know,
1: they provide and protect. And uh... well, in Jordan Peterson, and and I think this comes—it's not his words because it comes from something like Taoism um, or something. It's uh, chaos and order. Yeah, and and they're not—they're not meant as pejoratives. Um, but the the order is the male of the of the family; they're the ones that that, that provide the uh, the the order. And I think that's that's pretty much you know, when, especially for boys. I mean, I've spoken to psychologists. And they said, like, it's so important for boys to have a male role model. Yeah. A male role model is so important for boys. More important than it is for, for women. It's so important to do, you know, I mean, I never knew my real father. So I actually got, I was suffering from depression about the same age as you, actually. Um, around about that time is when I discovered that he wasn't my real dad because my birth certificate, uh, had a, although, yeah, it was my birth certificate uh, had a different name. And um, and uh, and I was like you. I, I'd, I'd sort of wake up thinking it, it was normal to want to die. That, that's how I used to wake up. I was never. And and when I went to secondary school, that's when it all went down down I went from a very cosy little church school, which was wonderful, uh, that, that sort of exploited your talents and things like that, to this this um, hellhole inner city school that was just just awful. I just hated today. Um, And, you know, I went from an intelligent kid to a kid who just didn't give a fuck, basically, about education. So, um, but yeah, it was around about the same time. And, 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 you know, it it took me a long time. It took about, I don't know, 20, because, you know, there's there's a different, there was about 10 years in our age difference, isn't there? Yeah. um, Uh, Yeah, yeah, we're uh, 12,
0: 12 years, yeah. Twelve
1: years, so so there was a huge difference. Um, in you know, I grew up in that it, it, there was antidepressants and all that, it, did, it didn't exist. I think, I think, um, well, they did exist, but I not I think they given to people that they thought were mad, you know, completely crazy. Um, and I think the the thing that they used to have was was the um, the sedative, right, Valium and things like that. But the um, the thing is, I, I it, it was very much an era of you know. I'll pull your socks up. We we had it worse than you. You've you've got you know you've got this and you've got that. And, and to a certain extent, I do that today. To be honest, um um to to people because I do realise another thing about depression. It is very easy to wallow in your own self pity. Yeah, that's the point. And I should say we're we're discussing it, mm. but
0: it's not something. <clears> I, first of all, I haven't let the. I mean. It, I don't want us. Neither of us are claiming victim status. We're, mm. we're, that's mm. not, the, we're not playing the victim card here. No, we, the, the if, purpose, if anything, we, we want to. Pe- we want people to get out of the illness. Yeah, and and I should say that we're discussing this just to. Uh, I mean, one. I think it's good to talk about it because blokes don't talk about these things. Mm. And um, and I'm not uh, in any way uh, trying to say that it's. Uh, I mean, it definitely does hold you back in life sometimes. But I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm not definitely not saying I'm a victim, and I'm going to wallow yeah. in my my uh, ailments and um, depression, and because uh, it's not
1: it's not a permanent thing. I'm not permanently depressed. And, um... No, and, and and if anything, most of my my peers were um, always in like because I always used to did, do these daring things, uh, like you know I, I told you, and we'll bring this up is it's a book that I read, we both listened to recently. You know, I motorbike to to Russia via the Arctic Circle, but. They, they were impressed about a lot of things I did, but they didn't realize the reason I did them things was I was trying to escape depression. Yeah. And I think, well, here's an interesting one. We mentioned
0: being in the TA, the, the Army Reservists earlier. Yeah. And I think when I was in the TA, I think that was, a, I, I don't recall ever suffering any depression while I was in the Army. Mm. Um, and I think that says a lot. Uh, about
1: the nature of depression and how and coping mechanisms, and i think I think that comes under stimulation i think um that's what 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 it comes under yeah um because like i, I like yeah, I was always occupied there was you know things to do got guys to ever la- have a laugh with. And we we used to it was a lot of it was gallows humor because we was in, stuck in some really stupid situations in mud and, and everything else. And you know when you think of it, if anything, if you're going to suffer, if you if you've been sitting in a ditch for like two days, up to your ankles in mud or your knees or whatever, no sleep, no food. If anything's going to trigger depression, it's that. But, but that's we, the I yeah wasn't. that's
0: that's the irony of this, and I think what it <clears> is, <throat> yeah. is it's the fact mm. that I think when you do get depression, I mean. Going back to when I was nine years old and got it, mm. that definitely wasn't me sitting around thinking too much about life. That was no. a real. That was a real. That that was triggered by a really horrible situation. Yeah. That affected that you know that, that affected me badly, but like you say, you know when you're in, like I was saying, when I was in the army, the the TA, the um, it really, it's and it goes to that order and chaos thing because. Mm. You know the the army is ordered. It's disciplined. It, it's, it, well, it it's, has
1: structure, doesn't it? That's right. It has, right. It has things, purpose. Yeah. It
0: has direction. It has order. Mm. It has discipline. And I often thought because you know there, a lot of people talk. I mean, you talked about the older generation, and they say, mm. um, you know, they say, oh, kids these days that don't know what it's like, and um, you, you know, you sh- you, they should bring back national service and, and mm. stuff like that. And, um, well, you know, when I joined, when I joined the, the, the Reservists, I actually, um, well, I joined it because I, I knew I needed to toughen myself up. Yeah,
1: I'm saying um, it, the, yeah, yeah, I, I wanted. Was, I, I, I needed to be, I was, was alright at street fighting because I grew up with, but I, was, I needed more resilience. And I wanted, the, I wanted something,
0: a belonging, I wanted order, mm. and I wanted, I, I'd lost my way in life. And uh, that really put me back on track and got me very focused. And
1: um... you're you're finding a lot of army units, especially um, the tougher units, you know, like the infantry and the paras and the marines. A lot of them come from broken homes because they're looking for another family. Yeah. uh, A lot of them do. do, And, you know, in in a funny sort of way, um, the same because so many single boys are raised by their mothers, uh, you know, single parent families that a lot of these boys are getting into gangs it's the same thing it's just a different game yeah that's right and of it's, course being the same in thing.
0: being in the army is mm. uh, is, mm. is obviously a, uh is obviously a, an option that is uh, going to uh take you in a much better direction than being in some sort of street gang and i think you yeah yeah that, and that's definitely that 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 is it's not just firstly it's it's been proven by various studies and statistics that mm. um now that um boys raised in by single mothers are definitely um, more likely to have problems throughout their lives and be Mm. involved with crime and substance abuse and all kinds of other very bad things in life i mean i
1: I know some i know some um, west indian mothers and they are very tough mothers they do not take no shit from their boys and they they then boys succeed and you know,
0: the, the, the the other thing make, is the uh like <clears throat> you say it's the it's the, the the family you know people who who want not just the order it's mm. the and the they they know they need something it's it's recognizing yeah. self diagnosis is an important yeah. one. Mm. and it's even if you don't really you may not have the 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 the, the medical jargon the psychology jargon mm. to mm. to determine and back back then i didn 't have the internet or anything, so mm. but I knew I knew I needed to take drastic steps yeah. to get my life back <clears throat> back in order <clears throat> and for <clears throat> me, I actually wanted to join the regular army but um,
1: yeah I did as well but
0: what happened was um, I went to some um, arm like army recruitment open day thing, and um, i didn't know anything about the reserves i didn 't even know there was such a thing. And mm. when I was there, there was a reservist um, stand and um, they just got, they were just very friendly and um, I got chatting to them and uh, somehow, somehow they, as I was walking past their stand, they happened <coughs> to um, have nobody at the stand at that particular moment and mm. um, they said hello and um I realised that they were very near to where I lived. So mm. I thought, well, okay, I'll give it a go. Um, because mm. it's, and I thought, well, and he, what he said to me was, you know, if you really are interested in jo- a career in the Army, it's a good place to start, test it out in the reserve. Yeah, you, yes, yeah. If you like yeah. it. So that's mm. what I did. That's why I joined. It was just to test it out and see if I liked it. Yeah. I was being a bit, <clears throat> bit mm. overly cautious, perhaps, but I thought, well, if I like mm. it, I'll join the regulars and this, mm. and the others. But um, it, so I think, you know, you said that order and chaos thing, which Jordan Peterson talks about. Mm. Um, that's a, I, I totally agree with that because, like, like when my father left, when he moved out, mm. um, it was a case that um, it, the fact that the family home became chaotic. It really yeah, did. Yeah. It was mm. absolute. Mm. It's no, no. I cannot stress <clears throat> that enough. And it's such mm. a great analogy. Um, mm. and it's not even an analogy because it's he gives analogies to. Ex- he had to, I think he was being, when he, he gave that, I heard a lecture of his where he, he was trying to justify and back, I felt he backpedalled a little bit on the order and chaos thing and to, to pander to perhaps some um, criticism that he was being, yeah, but, but, or being because, sexist because, or misogynist in, or something. Yeah,
1: because calling feminist chaos, uh, feminine chaos, it comes across as majority, but it's not in, not, not at all. Not at all. It's and, not meant in the. It's not meant in the context that you read it, as, and like you said, it comes from Taoism anyway. Well, it's yeah, and it's it's the <clears> fact, <throat> fact that
0: also it he doesn't say men and women. He says masculine mm. and feminine. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. you know there are, you know, masculine and feminine are not mas, masculine and feminine are not synonymous with, you know. Yeah, most men are masculine, most women are feminine, but not yeah. all. So it's not. It's the, the, masculine is not synonymous with being a man although mm. it's it's mostly that and um yeah and vice and same for fe- feminine and women but anyway he uh i think he explained it well and mm. um i agree with that and that's I, I and the thing about we were saying about jordan Peterson is that he he says things that a lot of us can relate to and i agree with yeah. you by the way i didn't I, I didn't say this at the time in the last podcast yeah, I I totally agree with you on the fact that we do have a major criticism of Jordan Peterson and of Jordan Peterson, and we shouldn't. Uh, it it it's we we both like him, we both think he's brilliant, but we both have one major criticism, and that is the fact that yes. He doesn't actually know what it's like to be in a
1: broken relationship because, and, uh, and
0: to yeah. lose
1: and to lose half his shit. Yeah, he doesn't know what <laughs> or, that's or, like. Or, so. or his children, or his children. Yeah, well, so, he, saw, he, he must know because he had he had. Um, we had a clinic. He, he had a clinic. He was a clinical psychologist. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he still is, I
0: think. So, um, yeah. He he yes he spoke to a lot of people, but he mm. doesn't have. Yeah. He hasn't it's been it's in the shoes experience. of a man who yeah. has been totally destroyed by the gynocentric mm. system. And yeah. Um, yeah. he knows he's, he's intelligent enough to identify mm. that is a problem and that mm. is destroying men's lives. Mm. But he doesn't know what it's like to live with uh, a narcissist. He knows what a narcissism is. He probably could explain mm. it better than anybody else on the planet at the moment. But he mm. doesn't have the experience of a man who mm. has had to live through that, live with that kind of woman? No, he 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 know? lives
1: it through, through academia, like an, yeah. an academic. So term.
0: I don't I don't want to say he's, and, and, he's and, definitely you know, not that, in an ivory
1: tower. He's not an
0: ivory tower type.
1: Definitely no, not an and, 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 That's and, why. He... And the other thing is, and don't get me wrong, I'm happy that he's he's he loves his wife, and his wife loves him. And, they really long... and and I'm yeah. sure because he's a very intelligent guy, and and I, and I, and I'm sure he's not easy to live with. Um. You know, or he hasn't been easy to live with in the past because because of because he's an intelligent guy and he's quite intense as well. And um, so it's a fair play to his wife as well. I mean, she sounds like an angel, actually. Um, well, I think you're right. And I think he,
0: he, he even he he often hints at those but, things when he yes, gives his lectures yes. because he talks about he was quite strict with his children sometimes. But mm-hmm. at the same time, he was intelligent enough to reason with them and stuff yeah. like that. And I think you're right there. And I think it's quite interesting when you get somebody like him who is extremely intelligent and extremely passionate, uh, mm. it's a very, very interesting
1: combination. Um, that... and, and he's self he's effacing as well because he says, you know, you do this because you're an idiot, because you're stupid, because, you know, he sort of like, he, he sort of knocks your ego, like, not just us, but himself as well, because well, he knows yeah, that, you yeah. know. As, as humans, we're quite pathetic. All of us. So it doesn't matter who you are. You know, like I, I know Oxford grads who have like fucked up their life. But, I mean, um, over stupid, really stupid things. And um, so we're, you know, we're all idiots. At the, at the well, end yeah, of the but but you say that, but there are two sides to it, and which is
0: something he always says as well. I mean, yes, yeah. he, we, we are, but at the same time, hu- humans are absolutely amazing as well. They do amazing mm. things. Oh They're, yeah, yeah, incredibly yeah, yeah. strong, incredibly yeah. brave. Mm. but not all you know but but we all have our you know there are two sides um you know there are two two sides to every every aspect of our mm-hmm. humanity and our, our 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 um you know the, the, the species but anyway mm-hmm. um well we i think we, we're going to wind it up again but and i think mm-hmm. we we've got a lot more again to talk about on this topic so this is mm-hmm. definitely not over um yeah we will talk about it uh, about 10 minutes ago when we were talking I, I don't know what I didn't notice the time but you you may have heard there was um in, in Japan they have these um uh, pa systems in the streets with the uh, it's very very orwellian and um the, um the the lo- local government officials make announcements in the streets and um, you may have heard that in the background of this recording. i heard something i, didn't realize. Yeah. I, I was... yeah yeah it was the government um it was a government announcement um it's uh, very yeah it's very orwellian you get used to it after a while um mm. it's um well i say it's orwellian i mean it's uh, i'm not aware of any uh, cameras in my home yet but um <laughs> anyway um you may have heard that and that's what it was and i've got head- yeah. headphones on so i i I was aware of it, but I didn't hear what they were saying, so, uh,
1: yeah.
0: so don't, let's, let's don't bother asking me what emails. they were saying, because mm. actually, um, most of the announcements these days are, um, are, are to do with the ageing population in Japan, and mm-hmm. most announcements are, on a daily basis are about a missing elderly person who suffers from dementia. And oh, okay. um, they generally just give. They just say, "Please look out for this person. They've gone missing. Yeah, they yeah. haven't come yeah. home." And the mm. other one, the other regular announcement I often hear is about um, uh, telephone fraudsters who are phoning old people and defrauding them out of money. Um, oh, they do that. They do that in Japan as well. Yes. Yeah, so apparently, yeah. it's, uh, as if if the news here is to be believed, it's the mm. number one crime in Japan. Oh, okay. is, um they call it ore ore Sagi. So Sa- mm. means fraud and ore mm. ore is um is a, like a, a like a kind of um a low class way to refer to yourself like i um which, oh, okay. But it's like a bit of a chav way to say it. And mm. um basically the um they get fra- fraudsters phone old people. And they pretend to be their family. Like they're either their kids or their usually their grandkids or something. Mm-hmm. And they say, I mean, they say, I'm in terrible trouble. Can you send me some money? Yeah. Yeah. And some for some, you, you think by now, because this has been going on for years. You think by now that every old person would be wise to it. But um, yeah, yeah. according to the, the, the government and the, the media, it's still the biggest crime
1: in Japan, and um, but then you know Japan doesn't have a really high crime rate, so it's,
0: yeah, they, yeah they tend to a lot of the. You're right. I mean, I mean by comparison, perhaps not. Um, I, I, well, okay, I won't go. I won't go off on a rant, mm. but I say the biggest criminals is the government. But anyway, um, yeah, I won't go off on a rant now, but on about government. That's another time. But um, Mm. anyway, so, yeah, we'll wind it up there and um, we're going to talk about this more. I don't know whether it will be the next episode
1: or because I think the next episode, I'd like to talk about something more positive. Yeah, we'll take take a break and we'll we'll come back to it. Yeah, Um, we will do. We'll we'll, we'll sort out something else in the meantime. And just a reminder
0: to everybody that um, Mm. what I said last time is that um, if you are leaving comments anywhere, I haven't seen them. So the only place, not because I don't want to see them or I'm not ignoring them, I'm just not aware of any comments you may have left on any platform. The only place I uh, I will see comments is if you leave them on the uh, Men's Broadcasting Service Facebook page. And if you go to the MeWe platform, M-E-W-E, uh, and look up MGTOW, M-G, um, M-G-T-O-W, right? Um mm-hmm. If you look at MGTOW, that's quite a new page I started on there to give people an alternative to uh, Facebook because I don't really like Facebook, but it's mm. it's unfortunately um, well, necessary it,
1: necessary evil.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. So we've got this uh, men's broadcasting service page on Facebook, and we've got I've got this um, me we page called or group. It's it's a, an open group, a, a public group called. Um, Migtail. So, uh, yeah, just um, if you if you want to leave any comments or get in contact with us, please do on either of those. And we would, by the way, we are absolutely happy to have other blokes uh, come on the podcast and talk to us about their experiences. Um, so please do. It's not recorded live. We're not going out live. It's it's recorded and it will be edited. So if you do like say anything, like. Um, make a mistake in what you say don't worry we can edit things out so and, um, so please do get in touch if you've got anything uh, any of your experiences you want to share with us or if you just want to talk about blokes matters it could be something positive you know we talked about music and motorbikes and cars and you know whatever you want to talk about we'd be happy uh, I know Joe would be happy for to um, get to get somebody else on here to talk maybe have a you know a three-way conversation or more you
1: know no, oh, I love a three way. Oh no you do. Yeah, you <laughs> dirty bugger. Right, okay. Um and
0: by the way that wasn't uh, that that he means with 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 women a three way. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we yeah that. yeah Just clarify that. Yeah, we haven't. Yeah. Uh, we're not going, I saw, well, we're talking about MGTOW again, another, in another episode. Yeah, I
1: want to, I'd like to, yeah, I actually found a different, um, a different variation of the, the, the name from it, it's Men Guarding Their Own Wallets. Well, that's a, that's a very, <laughs> uh, I like that, that's a very good one, but the, I read, I,
0: you know what, I just decided, only recently, only about like a few days ago, I read them, the, the um, I read the Wikipedia entry for MGTOW, and that, when I read that, I thought, right, we need to do another episode. And what I'll do is I'll get the page up in front of me while we're on the podcast and I'll go through yeah. the points on the Wikipedia page and we'll address some of the points that they've put on there. Uh, I won't start talking about it now, but we'll, we yeah. we need to do that. We need to address.
1: Oh, and that, another another thing I'd like to talk about, because we spoke we spoke about Japanese uh, divorce. I'd like to discuss English common law divorce. We as need well. to. We, yeah, we definitely, definitely you know, need to because discuss we, that. Yeah. We, 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 that's something we both have in common as well. Um, yeah, uh, the, my
0: first divorce was in Britain, um, in yeah. England. So yeah, and um, second one in Japan. So yeah, we need to talk about our experiences in um, in England, definitely. Uh, um,
1: it's not yeah. just the experience. I'd, I'd like to go because I remember so much of it. And I, I, the second time I represented myself, uh, I'm a fucking expert now. Um, and, and and I'd like to uh, like to go through the procedure for anyone who may be going through it or thinking of going through it to go through the procedure because. You know, when you, when you quite often when you've got the path laid out in front of you, it's a lot easier to sort of understand things than a solicitor just throwing things at you or a lawyer throwing things at you. Yeah, indeed.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, with that said, we'll wind it up and uh, okay. we'll uh, talk again soon. It's been good talking okay. to you, Joe. And, uh, and you. Yeah, take care. See you.
1: Take care. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye.